Today's episode of Dog Nation Daily is brought to you by Kroger, fresh for everyone. Presented by DogNation.com, this is Dog Nation Daily, the daily podcast for Georgia Bulldogs fans. Here's your host, Brandon Adams. All right, I'm not going to lie to you. With Georgia only playing Charleston Southern on Saturday, there are just only so many ways that you can chop up this game. You know, people are interested in the young players get a chance to play. Uh, people are obviously interested in saying goodbye to an impressive crop of UGA seniors. We'll have more on that in a moment. Uh, but when it comes to the game itself against Charleston Southern, there is just only so much juice a game like that's going to have, and that's nobody's fault. That's just a fact. However, I do think this upcoming college football weekend is very interesting for Georgia for a number of reasons, and some of that actually extends beyond just what is going to happen with the dogs in the field. There's another game that's going to take place on Saturday that I do think could have a lot of intrigue for UGA and could potentially foreshadow what Georgia's path through the playoff eventually looks like. Let me start it this way. We were lucky on Wednesday to have Mr. College Football Tony Barnhart on the show. Tony's a guy that I just love. I love his insight in the SEC. He knows the league and has known the league for a long time as well as anybody. And in talking about Georgia and in the Georgia defense in particular, Tony said something that I thought was pretty interesting in terms of what this Georgia defense is doing right now. Now, to me, Tony's words here come in the context of what makes maybe this Georgia defense better than other good Georgia defense. Because historically, in the smart era, 2017, 2018, 2019, Georgia had top shelf, very, very good defenses. Last year probably took a little bit of a step back in that regard, but honestly, that was a weird year. 2020 was a year in which a lot of teams took a step back defensively. So you kind of throw that out and say, hey, there's been a consistent pattern of Georgia being good defensively, but it's also been a consistent pattern of coming up short when it comes to winning a national championship. So is this year going to be different in all of that? Well, when you listen to Tony Barnhart, who's Mr. College Football, who knows the situation really well, on our show this week, the way in which he described the Georgia defense certainly gives you an idea that, hey, you know what, maybe this year really will be different there in that regard. This is Tony from Wednesday on our show talking UGA defense. Take a listen to this. This Georgia defense dictates the game. Okay, this this, this Georgia defense controls what the other team can do. Uh, you you could you could see it in the Tennessee game. Yeah, Tennessee came out first possession, moved the ball down the field, but after that, uh, Georgia pretty much dictated uh, all day long. Coaches in this league, what would get them is the fact that uh, when Georgia substitutes, particularly on that front and on the front, the people that come in are just as good. And so that depth, particularly when you get to November, as we are now, that depth is a, a wonderful thing to have. Look, the, what Barnhart says at the end there is unquestionably, undeniably true. When I mean, you've got a guy like Channing Tendall technically playing as a backup, and he does what he did at Tennessee a week ago, there's no doubt that the Georgia depth is unmatched. It's unrivaled. I'm sure it does leave opposing coaching staff salivating. Tony's talked to those staffs, and that's what they've told him. And we can fairly easily assume that, that you'd love to have in most SEC programs, even Georgia backups would be high-level starters for many of the teams around this league. That's just kind of obviously true. But it's actually what Tony says at the beginning of that clip that really gets my attention. I'm going to have this on my mind in a big way this weekend going beyond just Georgia's game against Charleston Southern. Tony says that right now the Georgia defense dictates the game. That this is a team that can set the space on that defensive side of the football. That that the Georgia defense decides how a game is going to be played. It's dictated by what Georgia does on that side of the ball. Now, let's be very candid here for a moment. This is the kind of thing that Georgia fans obviously hope is true. 
But there is also, I think, a suspicion that come playoff time, that won't be true. And if you just want to be real here for a moment, when you think about like the little bit of lingering anxiety that still exists among some Georgia fans, when you think about the little bit of just, I got to wait and see on this team before I feel really good about them winning a national championship, it's not just the 40 years, blah, blah, blah. It's actually that specific point right there. Because as I said before, Georgia had a very good defense in 2017, very good defense in 2017. But when it played Oklahoma in the Rose Bowl, the Georgia defense didn't dictate that game. The Oklahoma offense probably did. Now, the defense asserted itself much more in the second half, and you remember that. That's what led to the Georgia win. But ultimately, it was the Oklahoma offense that kind of dictated the way that game was played. Also, very good Georgia defense in 2018. But in an SEC championship against Alabama, especially in the second half, it was an Alabama offense that dictated the way that game was played. Georgia had to do more offensively than it had to do against most opponents. The Alabama offense was there to answer the challenge each and every time. Georgia ultimately allowed 35 points the Crimson Tide there that day. Great Georgia defense, but it didn't control the game. It didn't dictate the way the game was played in the 2018 SEC title game. The Alabama offense probably did that. If that was true in those two previous games, that was definitely true 2019 SEC championship when it allowed 37 points to LSU, probably the most explosive, probably the best offense I've ever seen. Not a surprise they control a game that they're in, but clearly for Georgia defense that statistically speaking had also been dominant on their side of the ball. When it came to a game against LSU, that defense was not able to control the pace. It was not able to dictate the game. It was not able to do that against LSU there in 2019. So when you hear Tony Barnhart say here in 2021, this Georgia defense is so good, it's so deep, it's so it's so dominant that it can now control games. It now dictates the pace. It now determines the way in which a game feels. It, it creates the shape of a game by just how dominant it is on that side of the ball. That's what Georgia fans hope to be true, but you're left to wonder, is that really true? Now, I believe it's more true for Georgia in 2021 than it has been in the past, and I'll give you two quick reasons. Reason number one is, while Georgia's been good defensively under Kirby Smart, just the look of those defenses isn't quite what it is right now. Georgia already through 10 games has you know more sacks than it's had uh, under Kirby Smart for the most part and you still got the potential five more games to come this is clearly a more impactful defense in the backfield than previous Georgia defenses have been so you've got that going for you there's also just a larger collection of high front end level NFL draft talent on this defense than even some of the very prodigious prodigiously talented teams in the recent past so that's there the other thing that John Stinchcomb mentioned and I do a weekly show with John now called Chase for the Championship where we talk about how Georgia stacks up to the rest of the contenders for the college football playoff we look at the CFP top 25 on that show each and every week it comes up Thursdays on the Dog Nation video channels but on that show yesterday John said the other reason why he thought that Georgia was in position to kind of dictate games defensively more so this year was because when you look around, you don't see a Joe Burrow. You don't see a Tua Tungabailoa. You don't see these quarterbacks in the recent past that really ushered in this offensive explosion. You don't see that level of quarterback play right now from the top teams around the country. And John says that favors Georgia and its defense as you go through the college football playoff. There is still, though, a level of skepticism, I believe, among some Georgia fans about how true that's going to end up being. So this gives us a chance to watch a game on Saturday. And I got to tell you, beyond what's going to happen with UGA, and I'm always going to be the most interested in Georgia in any given week, but beyond what happens with UGA, 
I am very interested in Ohio State, Michigan State playing on Saturday for a number of reasons, almost all of those UGA related. First of all, you know, like a lot of former Georgia assistants, you know, you root for Sam Pittman at Arkansas when you can. And I think a lot of Georgia fans also will be rooting for Mel Tucker over there at Michigan State. He's about to get a big raise, big salary bump. Certainly seems like that's in the workings and good for him on that. They've been doing the tuck coming thing, you know, kind of making, you know, kind of, uh, borrowing from the uh, wire with the omar uh stuff they've been doing that for mel tucker you've seen t-shirts things like that they're really building into that i think that's really fun and that's really uh good to do there as well but beyond just kind of having a little bit of an emotional attachment to tucker and hoping his team does well against uh, ohio state on saturday i do believe if you're a georgia fan and you're wondering can defense dominate in the college football playoff can defense, as Tony Barnhart said on Wednesday, can it dictate the game in an SEC championship, in a college football playoff semifinal, in a college football playoff national championship game? In some respects, what happens for Michigan State and Ohio State, I think, is a little bit of a precursor to that. Now, to be clear about something, Michigan State's talent on either side of the ball is nowhere close to what Georgia has. I'm not saying that, that if Michigan State can't do it, that means Georgia can't do it. That's not what I'm saying. What I'm actually saying is, if Michigan State can have some success knowing what it wants to do, if it can have some success against a team like Ohio State that probably stands as the number one threat to UGA outside of Alabama, if oh, if Michigan State can have some success there against Georgia, I should say against Ohio State on Saturday, then to me that opens up the door for even more success for a team like Georgia that's just a more beefed-up version of what Mel Tucker wants to do, potentially in the college football playoff. Let me give you a, a point that backs this up. So I'll go to MLive.com. Story about the game, MLive's a website that, uh, that, that, that covers this stuff up there in the state of Michigan. And the thought of Ohio State having this explosive offense and the fact that Michigan State may have to, to be a little bit more out of its comfort zone. You know, they have Kenneth Walker running back. They like to keep the ball on the ground. They would prefer a lower scoring game. Uh, Ohio State obviously wants to play the game as quickly and with as many points as possible. That's just what they're more comfortable doing. Buckeyes are not very good defensively. They're great offensively. So the question to Tucker this week was the potential of having to beat Ohio State in a shootout. Now, listen to this for a moment. And obviously, this just comes dripping with the the Kirby Smart influence here on Mel Tucker, you would think. But it's another reason why, if you're a Georgia fan and you're curious how you stack up against a potential playoff contender, you know, uh, what Tucker and Michigan State do there really matters. So this is from MLive.com. I don't have this quote to show you on the screen. I'm just going to read it to you. He says, this is Mel Tucker. I'm not in the shootout business. If it ends up being that against Ohio State, then that's what it is. But that's not the goal. So that's Mel Tucker right there saying that I have a goal on Saturday against Ohio State that I want to dictate the game. That's the phrase that Tony Barnhart used about George. I want to control the pace. I don't want to allow Ohio State to turn this into a, a shootout type game. If you watch this game on Saturday and it becomes a shootout, then from a coaching standpoint, I've at least failed in my prime objective, which is to control the pace with which game is played, a lot of Kenneth Walker running the football, and as much defense as possible to keep this being a, a lower-scoring game. I mean, doesn't that add to the intrigue there? Now, to be clear, I don't expect Michigan State to win this game on Saturday. I don't think they're talented enough to do that. They are about a three-touchdown underdog. But what if they're good enough to keep it close? And what if Mel Tucker really is correct that – Hey, I may not be good enough to beat them, but my running game and my defense are good enough to dictate this game to make Ohio State uncomfortable doing things it does not want to do. 
doesn't that then become a pretty interesting blueprint for Georgia fans who are saying, can this Georgia defense really be the deciding factor for a national championship? Well, what you see on Michigan State could give you a little bit of a hint about that one way or another. If Ohio State marches up and down the field, scores 50, 60 points, then maybe yeah, at that point in time, you know, some of that anxiety does creep back in. But if the opposite happens, and if Michigan State can do something to at least keep the game a little bit closer, then that's kind of where you go on that. One more quick thing on this point, and then we'll shift gears and talk about something else. I also think Ohio State on Saturday looms pretty interesting in that, as I said before, I am firmly of the belief that the number one challenger for Georgia right now in terms of winning a national championship, I believe that's to be Alabama. But beyond Alabama, if you look outside that, I think Ohio State's probably the next toughest team there. So how much should Georgia fans even feel concerned about the Buckeyes? How much should Georgia fans even feel any kind of tension about the Buckeyes whatsoever? Well, some of you know who the bear is, Chris Felica from ESPN College Game Day. He also does an ESPN podcast with uh, Stanford Steve. I, I try to listen to as many podcasts as I can. I just want to know what national type people are saying about college football. And what Felica said this week on the ESPN podcast that he does is that Georgia should want to avoid Ohio State until a national championship game, if it possibly can, saying that Georgia's going to have motivation when the SEC title game, even beyond just the typical motivation of, uh, of the pride of beating Alabama and winning the SEC title game and all that. He says it's simply a matter of staying away from Ohio State until you have to play them in the national title game. I don't know if Georgia fans believe this or not or buy into this or not, but I do think it's worth hearing Chris Felica on this as maybe another reason why taking a peek at Ohio State could be interesting for Georgia fans on Saturday. This is the Bayer Chris Felica from an ESPN podcast this week. One thing that I, I, people are going to say, I think in the next while, it doesn't matter for Georgia if they win or lose or in the, in, in the title game. Oh, it matters. <laughs> it, it definitely matters because if they win, you're the number one seed. And we were having the debate before about who's going to be four. Is it Cincinnati? Is it like if you lose, Alabama is going to be number one and you're going to be stuck in a two, three game with Ohio State. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, you talk about a massive, but you, you play Cincinnati or, or, or Ohio State. But like, well, like, what would you rather do? So like like, like mm-hmm. that SEC title game, like, and I'm sure Kirby and his staff are going to be in gray, like beat Alabama, beat Alabama, beat Alabama, beat Alabama. Yep. It matters. So because if they lose, you're, you're, you're going to be stuck in a, in a semifinal that is very worthy of being a title game. So I think that's interesting from the Bear Chris Felica, but I'm not quite so sure I buy into all of that. The notion that Georgia might be stuck in a semifinal game against Ohio State. I think Ohio State's the next biggest challenger for UG outside of Alabama, but I don't think the challenge is quite so formidable that I would feel stuck if Georgia was playing the Buckeyes in a national semifinal as opposed to a national title game. Now, in comparison to an Oregon or a Cincinnati, one of those teams that Georgia could play, those other games would obviously be much easier than Ohio State. So from that point, I agree. But I'm not quite so sure that I'm fully sold on the Buckeyes yet to the degree that it sounds like Chris Felica is right there, which for me is another reason to watch this game on Saturday. You know, can Ohio State make it look easy against Michigan State? Or can Michigan State, with a style of play that's at least somewhat similar to what Georgia might want to do, can they do just well enough to keep it close? If they can, then it becomes easy to imagine that Georgia, with much better talent on both sides of the ball, could do a whole lot more than that. And maybe one of those formidable foes that's supposed to be a stumbling block on Georgia's way towards a national championship, maybe knocking that bunch down might actually feel a little easier than some folks might assume. My name's Brandon Adams, and this is Dog Nation Daily, the daily podcast for Georgia Bulldogs fans. We're presented by Kroger, and we're glad to have you with us today, no matter how you get to us, live on video, 10 a.m., 
Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, Twitch. We start at 9.45 in the morning on our first and 15, dognation.com, the Dog Nation app. We're available podcasts all across the various podcast platforms, Apple, Spotify, everything else, worldfamousdognation.com. We also post the show each and every day. And, of course, on the radio, Athens Sports Radio, 960 The Rep, every day at noon. Those of you check in with us on the radio there in the Classic City, we certainly appreciate that there as well. Also, a big thanks to our friends at Kroger for making all of this possible. You know, uh, Kroger, boy, they're getting you ready for Thanksgiving. And I was talking to my mom last night, and, you know, she's getting stocked up. She's getting everything that she needs there. It's time to really get ready for it. I mean, next week's the big week, and I'm excited about it. I love Thanksgiving, and I loved when you go into Kroger this time of year and you see everybody just kind of in there doing the festive thing. It almost kind of reminds me of like one of those old movies or something where just everybody's just getting all the the, the, the good stuff they need for a great Thanksgiving meal. And obviously, Kroger's going to help you make those dollars go a little farther uh, here this year when it comes to all of that. And they're going to be there for you on Thanksgiving Day there as well because invariably, here's what happens. You got everything you need but one thing. It's like you got everything but just that one last little ingredient. So Thanksgiving Day, Kroger's at, and Michael Carvel, our producer, shaking his head. He's a big He's a big chef. He, he knows all about that. Well, on Thanksgiving Day, Kroger's actually open to 4 p.m. So if you have that little thing that you don't have, uh, how about the folks at Kroger there giving some time from their families away to be there for our family on Thanksgiving Day, that last-minute thing. Go check that out at Kroger. Uh, they're open to 4 p.m. there on Thanksgiving Day. And go ahead and get stocked up on everything you need. It's time to do that. Kroger.com or in-store at your local Kroger for more details there. All right, it's Recruiting Talk with Jeff Sintel here coming up in just a moment. Before we're done today, gigantic announcement that I have been chomping at the bit to be able to give you. Today, you got a chance to give it to you. We're going to talk a lot about this in the time to come. This is going to be incredible. We'll do that here in just a little bit. Before that, though, let's go around the doghouse, and it's delivered today by Marco's Pizza. And I just spent a good bit of time off the top of the program talking about why that my largest curiosity for Saturday will be focused on games other than Georgia. And I got a few more of those kind of points I'm going to make before the show is done. But here's what I'll say about UGA on Saturday. And, you know, I mentioned my mom a moment ago. She's actually coming with my family uh, to the my wife and kids to the game tomorrow. And that's what a lot of this ends up being when you're facing Charleston Southern. It's a lot of opportunity. My mom hasn't been in game in years and she's looking forward to being there. A lot of folks find a game like this where it's a great time to come for the first time or the first time in a long time. Uh, you know, my brother's bringing his youngest daughter, who obviously too young to come to a lot of games, but this feels like a pretty good game for that. And when you look around the stadium on a Saturday like tomorrow, that's what you see a lot of. It's a lot of people who, hey, the regular grind of the fall makes it almost impossible to be there a lot, but a little easier to get tickets for a game like this, a little easier for everybody to be there, and just kind of a nice day for people who don't normally get a chance to come to come. But for those of you who will be there or you're tuned in on the streaming internet to uh, SEC Network Plus, ESPN Plus to watch it, I mean, here's one of the things that I think you've got to have the right mindset for going into a day like tomorrow. I know this is going to seem a little bit trite, but I, I mean this as real as I possibly can, is that if you think about July when we're just craving college football, and it seems like it's never going to get here. We do Dog Nation Daily each and every each and every day all throughout the year. And there are obviously some days coming in and doing this show. There's always plenty to talk about, and I always love talking Georgia football no matter what day it is. But there are some days that you can sit here in this chair, and the season just feels kind of a long way away. Well, the season is here right now, and there's a weird thing about college football. To me, it always goes by so fast in comparison to Major League Baseball, 162 games long. Even the NFL is like 17 regular season games. That's a lot longer of a season. 
you know, but the college season is just so much quicker by comparison. The shortest regular season of any of the sports that that most of us follow, and it finally gets here. You blink your eyes; it's halfway over. You blink your eyes again; it's just done. I mean, tomorrow is the last time for all of us between the hedges here this year, and for some of the players who'll play in that game, it's the last time they'll ever do that. And I'm kind of an emotional sap when it comes to stuff like this. I just am sentimental by nature. I don't really know why I am so sentimental. I think as I get older, my my kids now make me more sentimental. So stuff like senior day and things like that just always kind of gets to me. I'm just kind of a dork about stuff like that. I just have to confess. But I think for all of us, even if you're not quite as, you know, like <laughs> bound to sentiment as I am, I do think there's something about just kind of appreciating the fact that but we only get a small handful of these. It's a great day to be in Sanford Stadium, Dooley Field tomorrow, between the hedges. A great chance to watch a crop of Georgia seniors, some of which which might come back next year because of the weird extra year of eligibility, some of which we know are moving on. You know, for instance, this week, Kirby Smart talked a little bit about the defensive tackles, Devontae Wyatt and Jordan Davis. Obviously, y'all know how we feel about Jordan Davis. We've talked about him so much. Wyatt, though, has also had a sensational season. And in terms of getting your mind right to appreciate these seniors as they play for the last time tomorrow, Smart talking about the fact that both Wyatt and Davis made their decision to come back to UGA this year to be seniors on this team and the value that brought to Georgia when they did do that. So if you're getting ready to appreciate seniors, day i think the words of kirby smart about Devonte wyatt jordan davis two of those special seniors for georgia i think this will get you kind of where you want to go this is kirby smart from this week they both respect each other and uh and love each other so much they've grown to be really good friends uh and and very different just very different backgrounds um but they're really they're they're great competitors they're they've been great for georgia their, their decision to come back was probably the most impactful of everybody's because they probably had you know, the, the, the highest grades of those juniors that came back because it's so hard to find defensive linemen. And uh, those guys coming back kind of put everything in motion. Listen, uh, there's a video that Georgia put out this week of kind of a, you know, goodbye to the seniors. It's actually narrated by Jordan Davis. He did such a good job with that. It was just really cool how well he, you know, he just – read it professionally almost you know inflecting the voice and getting the drama parts right and, and really hit the high notes with that it was just really good and it's worth your time to check that out and i know that georgia fans will show great appreciation to him we've obviously loved doing the hashtag jd to nyc we think that jordan davis deserves to be we think he will be in new york city as a heisman finalist we're pushing him across that um that line even as we speak trying to keep that going with georgia fans but he's not the only senior worth celebrating the only senior worth appreciating guys like Devonte wyatt and some of those others obviously you know very very instrumental in the success that george is enjoying right now so get there get there early give a big ovation to them some of these guys you may give an ovation to again next year as well and there's nothing wrong with that never Never a bad reason to give a standing ovation to a Georgia football player who sticks around and devotes himself to improving himself and in making Georgia better than he found it. So good day tomorrow. You know, do your morning style tailgate. You know, maybe get the breakfast beverages going there, whatever that is for you. Uh, but whatever, enjoy it, settle in. Final day between the hedges tomorrow. I know dog fans and dog nation all the way around will truly make it a very big day. That is Around the Doghouse. It's delivered day by our friends at Marco's Pizza. And obviously for a lot of you, you can't be in Athens for whatever reason, but you're going to be at home and you'll be tuning in there. And of course, as you're getting your own kind of game day watching party together, Marco's Pizza goes great for you with all of that. I love it because it tastes good. It's authentic, 
you know, real pizza, you know, golden brown crust baked perfectly every time. The old world toppings that go on top of that, the three cheeses blended, melted together. I mean, you watch it on the video. I get so hungry every time that I mention it because that's how good it tastes. And the other thing that tastes good to me is the price as well. Because right now, everything just seems like it's more expensive. But at Marco's Pizza, that's not the case. Right now, you can still get a large one-topping pizza for just $9.99. Isn't that great? A large one-topping pizza for $9.99. You can feed a family like that. Feed yourself like that. Good pizza at a great price. That's what Marco's Pizza is. Uh, You can check it out online, marcos.com and the Marco's app. Marco's Pizza. Pizza lovers get it. And we're glad to have you here today on our program. So we've got a uh, lot going on. I told you before, I got a big announcement I want to make later on. I'm excited about that. I have got uh, a couple of other of the games this weekend that I think are worth your attention, worth watching for, taking a look at. We'll kind of cover some of that before we're done here. Obviously, getting ready for a big game, high school football tonight with uh, Cartersville hosting Warner Robins. There's going to be, you know, I don't know six seven thousand people up there in cartersville this is probably the game in the state of georgia tonight i think i think it is uh, obviously huge second round matchup we're looking forward to doing that jeff Sintel will be with us we'll be both on the road here for that later on today and by the way speaking of on the road let's also get some recruiting update from jeff there as well as we go on the road assisted by AAA. some news of note maybe with a uga commit a one-time uga target who's made a different decision and everything else in between let's cover it all right now on the road assisted by AAA with jeff Sintel. good to have all of you with us here today on the program as well From Athens and across the SEC or wherever the recruiting trail may lead, here's a DogNation.com insider. We will uh, say hello to Jeff Sintel here on the road, assisted by AAA. Jeff's had a great series of guests on his show, Before the Hedges, each and every uh, week, including Big Bear Alexander from this past Wednesday. Hope folks will check that out on the Dog Nation video channels because that was another really good one. It was Jalen Walker, the UGA linebacker commit, uh, the week before that. And Jeff, if you don't mind, the ranks of UGA commits is – Kind of where I want to start right now, because there's been a good bit of buzz over the course of the last few days about Tyree West, and uh, that's a defensive line commit, and there's been a little bit of social media activity from him. He's kind of retweeting some Florida State-themed tweets as of late. There's some online chatter that he could be looking to take a visit there to Florida State, and obviously this opens up a lot of questions for Georgia fans related to you know what may be going on with West, but obviously the fact that Georgia's kind of down the road pretty well with some very good players that would kind of fit a similar need there for UGA. So just kind of open-ended here, how can you fill us in on these details related to Tyree West right now, what that means for the rest of uh, Georgia's class if West is really shopping around at the moment? Yeah, good morning, everybody, Brandon. And I think, you know, it's unfortunate that that's kind of just where things are at. I think you use the term shopping around, and I don't don't know if it's Black Friday shopping, but, you know, Tyree West has been a guy, you know, first of all, South Georgia kid, big motor, wants to make a difference in his life, wants to change uh, his his future and his um, kind of trajectory in life from a lot of really good players around Tiff County. He's told me he's grown up around. Um I thought it was very telling when he visited Florida State this week for a practice. He told reporters afterward that he was um, still committed to Georgia, but it certainly didn't sound like it. He said he was going to take visits to Tennessee and Auburn. He was going to take another visit to Florida State. Of course, Florida State is the local favorite, um, very closer to him in Tifton. And the other thing, Brandon, is, is the landscape of recruiting, not just in the minds of these young men, 
kind of changes, changes a lot. And for, for Tyree West, I want to just kind of package this up for folks so they can understand. He's a number 90 overall recruit. You have to go back uh, to, to the 2018 cycle. That's Robert Cooper out of South Gwinnett High School in 2018. That's the last time Florida State signed a top 150 overall recruit at, for the defensive line. Georgia, on the other hand, they signed two last year, you know, Tyrion Ingram Dawkins and Jonathan Jefferson. And then this year, you've got Big Bear Alexander, you've got Michael Williams, and now you've also got Georgia with, I think we can safely term as surging interest uh, from both Christian Miller and Hero Canoe. And all of a sudden, you know, there's Shamar Stewart in the mix there as well. Georgia's got two big defensive tackles, kind of zero techs, three techs coming in for Charleston Southern this weekend on an official visit that's shown Washington out of New Orleans. And there are, there's also Deion Walker, another Jordan Davis-sized body, a four-star out of Detroit, Michigan, uh, who's coming in this weekend on an official visit as well. Uh, so Georgia is definitely being very active. Uh, you know, Tyree West, as he stands right now, he's still committed. Uh, he is um, – right now he's the eighth-highest-rated guy in Georgia's class. If he joined Florida State's class, he would be the third highest rated guy in their class. He would be one of their anchor commitments. So I think what you have here is I've tried to lay it out and kind of be sort of vanilla conservative about it. Is you have Georgia actively recruiting multiple defensive tackles to add to their already stellar class. And then you have Tyree West taking visits. Um, really, 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 really feeling something there with Florida State. And he also visited Texas A&M over the summer. He visited Florida State over the summer as well. So that's kind of one of those that has been tenuous at times uh, in my own kind of, in my own kind of conceptuality of, of how, how, how much likely Tyree West was going to be an eventual signee in this class. So this is one of those things, Jeff, where I feel like I actually have a decent level of consistency. Now, people know I'm not partisan. I, uh, I should say I am partisan. I want Georgia to have the best class it can get. But when it comes to a lot of the players we talk about here, I say this all the time that I never criticize anybody for taking visits. I never criticize anybody for really going through their paces to, to make the best decision. For instance, it's not hard to find people online who sometimes rip a recruit for, oh, these guys don't know what committed means. You know, these guys, you know, uh, uh, they say one thing, but then they're out shopping around somewhere else. I actually have never minded that. I, I, and we have a lot of recruits that obviously watch and listen to our show. I'm going to tell you this. I'd obviously love for every player in the country to come to Georgia but beyond that, as an adult a little older than these guys, I'm going to say that you should always look around to make sure you're making the best decision for you, that you're going to have the clearest path to playing time, that you're going to have the best opportunity to, to flourish. And frankly, the teams, whether it be Georgia or any other team, they should also make sure that they're using their scholarship spots the best they possibly can to make sure they've got the best possible players coming in. So it's one of the reasons why I always say that I have a very high tolerance for so-called recruiting drama. Now, this in this particular issue is not uh, very dramatic. This is just, you know, kind of typical process here. But I'm not one of these guys that has, you know, uh, an allergy to players who look around, players who take late visits, players who want to make sure they really are going to have a clear path to playing time where they're going and, you know, programs that sometimes feel like they have to do kind of the same thing. I have a fairly high tolerance for all of that. Some people don't, but it's never really bothered me. Yeah, the other thing to think about here is, you know, every time I've been around Tyree West, really hardworking young man, good personality, uh, he, he's always had a silver charm around his neck. And when you saw him 
uh, in October when he visited uh, for the Arkansas game. Uh, he had a Georgia Power G charm around his neck. And that was one of those things where I was thinking, you know, that was a, a moment where I'm like, well, you know, Georgia's pull for him is still really strong. He's obviously wearing that charm around his neck. He's, wear, he's worn like Rugrat characters and other different, um, different paraphernalia, uh, different items, different tokens, uh, pieces around his neck at times. And, you know, with Tyree, the thing that for me is I can go back to, man, Brandon, February, January, last November, there was a light in his eyes about playing for Georgia. And then there was a light in his eyes as well about getting the chance to maybe one day play on the college level with both Michael Williams and Christian Miller. They, those guys wanted to try and make it happen. And frankly, all those guys were really talented enough to make it happen as well. You had Mikel Williams initially commit to USC. And then there was for a minute there where there was the thinking, the really, the really strong, valid thinking that, well, maybe Christian Miller and Tyree West are going to go with him to Southern California as well. And much like things change with USC and its season, uh, as the seasons turn, so to maybe some of those feelings right there for a lot of those young men. And now Mikel Williams is committed to Georgia. Uh, Christian Miller is, I definitely, I would say, uh, feeling a certain type of way about both Georgia and Ohio State. The Bulldogs do have a very strong shot there. And you have Tyree West. When we, we hear this all the time, Brandon. They've got to make the best decisions for his future. And I don't know, you know, from just talking to people that know Tyree West and around that situation, I think the biggest thing is he could go kind of be the man at Florida State. It could be local. It could be a lot closer. Or he could try to really to fight tooth and nail to be a part of something um, that, that is the number one team in the country and the number one recruiting class in the country right now at, uh, right now at the University of Georgia. So there's a lot of mixed emotions around that situation right now. I do think it's pretty telling that uh, when uh, he, he felt the love from Florida State, he got to see a practice. I think uh, Tyree West told reporters uh, after that Florida State visit that uh, Florida State's coaches said they're going to take care of him and he's wanted and needed and it's relationship building time. He did maintain that he was still committed to Georgia, and he was just going to look at look around and look at everything. All right, thanks for the update on that. Another piece of, I guess, interesting news, not great news, but also not unexpected either, Andre Green Jr., the wide receiver that we've talked about many times before. I really like him as a player. It's one of the reasons why I think I've probably brought him up with you so much, but he did pick North Carolina as his college choice. This is what I think the industry kind of thought he was going to do um but ultimately that's another big wide receiver off the board so i guess give me an autopsy on green here but also kind of where things stand with georgia still needing those dynamic playmakers that's obviously an ever-present need but for georgia in this 2022 class i think it's specifically a need so your thoughts on that all the way around yeah so green i really thought he was a special player the more i study players these days brandon one of the first things i do especially everybody that's considering Georgia strongly or has been targeted by Georgia, is they're all going to have the skill set. They're all going to have the ability to play and be an impact guy potentially on Saturdays. The thing I really look for that's become a separator in my experience is like a mindset. It's a mindset that the young man would be a thriving part of a college community even without ball. That's the thing I things I always got from Andre Green Jr. Of course, he's 6'3", he's 185, and he can instill or wake up some echoes of some A.J. Green comparisons for Georgia. Uh, I, I'll be I'll be frank. If I could have any three receivers, if I'm play, if I'm recruiting for a Big State U, and I can have any three receivers in the country um, in this class, or maybe any maybe even of the last three or four years, 
I'd probably pick Andre Green Jr. And wow. Georgia fans are going to go, well, that's a loss. But you also got to remember this is what it does for North Carolina. And they recruited him well. It was a local, it was a local option for him. Virginia, he's from Richmond, Virginia. North Carolina is a little bit closer than Athens. It's a little bit closer than South Carolina. But really, North Carolina and Mac Brown, they just recruited well. And they took him away from Clemson, even when Clemson had the last at bat. So those that are in the camp of they want the ACC to get stronger and they want more players like Travis Shaw and Zach Rice, a pair of five stars, and now Andre Green, who I think is a five star as well, uh, even though if he's only rated the number nine receiver in the country. Uh, North Carolina is getting a lot stronger, but as one door closes, Brandon, the soap opera of recruiting spins around. And I tell you, something's happening there. Big, Big Bear Alexander even talked about it this week on uh, this week on Before the Hedges. You have a combination of factors here, Brandon. You have uh, Florida wilting. That was a place where Evan Stewart was likely to go or thinking hard about going. You have Texas wilting as well. Uh, that was another place that Evan Stewart had on his mind. That's the nation's number three overall prospect. Number one wide receiver now. He's jumped Luther Burden the third in recent re-ranks. Um, and there's a strong connection there with Julian Humphrey, the recent Georgia commitment, who's really working the recruiting trail like he's Dom and fast and furious hitting the NOS button. And, and you have Big Bear talking to him, also a Texas native. You have Julian Humphrey talking to him. You have Jewelry hum- Julian Humphrey making these not-so-cryptic tweets on social media. It's like, you're going to love who I'm bringing. You're going to love who I'm, yeah. I'm bringing. You didn't expect this guy. And the, the guy he's talking about there, of many, um, Brandon, would be Evan Stewart. And all of a sudden, you wonder, okay, Andre Green didn't happen. Luther Burton didn't happen. Over the summer, Georgia was in very thick of the woods with Evan Stewart. And maybe this is a, this is a cat, catalyst agent again. This is a change agent again for Georgia to get back in the Evan Stewart stuff. Here's what I got to counsel guys on. I'm gonna I want to make sure folks don't get ahead of their water skis here on the lake. Here, what I'm gonna say is that I think that young man needs to visit. I put him on the other targets to watch, but for me, things might really get serious and jump on that hedges top targets list that we roll out every week on before the hedges uh, when he takes a visit to Georgia. He needs to take an official visit to Georgia. Had to be around that program. Can't do it on a game day unless he miraculously shows up today. Uh, but shows up on Saturday. Excuse me. Pardon me for that. But I think I think the news of Andre Green Jr. choosing North Carolina over Clemson with Georgia coming in third there. I think what you have there now is Evan Stewart. The Evan Stewart charge and the hopes for Evan Stewart are back. And that's one that I know fans will be watching now, of course. So I have to be honest with you, I have not even considered Evan Stewart in a long time. So that's obviously very interesting for me. And I guess remind us here for a moment. Are we talking about a December timeline for Stewart here? Because if he could take an official visit, I mean, selfishly, I kind of like those December official visits anyway, because I have always jokingly said that's like, you know, if, if you know, that's a great time to really be at Georgia because you really can roll out the red carpet. Yes, you're not seeing the game day environment, but you're I think you're getting probably better attention on one of those December officials than you would get for one of those game days. Now, for Georgia, it's going to be a busy December, but they're going to find time to do what needs to be done there for recruiting. So is that what we're looking for uh, here? A potential game or I should say December official for an early signing day uh, decision is, is that kind of what the timeline would be for Stewart there yeah Stewart's going to leave himself a lot of options I know he's a brilliant track athlete and uh, may, he's probably clinging to the hope there that he wants to at least entertain the chance to come back for his uh, 
his final track season because Brandon, this kid's a 24 in, 24 feet long jumper, 10 5, 10 6, 10 7 type guy in the 100. Electric. I don't know if you ever saw those viral videos of him and Julian Humphrey uh, really going at war against each other at the at the Friday Night Lights camp uh, in Gainesville down in the summer when it uh, it seemed like both of those guys were vectoring towards Gainesville. Uh, but Kirby's going to pull a Kirby special, and it's going to be uh, what he always done. You know this game plan, Brandon. It's they save all of the most influential uh, commitments and they park them on the last weekend before national yep. signing day yep. early signing day they get them all together and then they sprinkle in about maybe two or three or four of the most plum remaining undecided targets out there as well and they get those guys all together and that usually means great things for georgia i think i think i did this last year and because we had the absence of those official visits last year but kirby's batting average with those guys kirby and the georgia staff's batting average with those guys is probably I think I, I calculated it around 72% in terms of bringing those guys in, those big two or three guys that are major targets that they bring in and they're undecided and they, they get that last at-bat official before early signing day. That usually goes very well for Georgia. Yeah, that is uh, really incredible. I, last thing for me on this, if I had to assume based on the recent chatter I'd been seeing that it looked to me like Stewart might be trending towards Texas A&M. Do you think A&M right now would be Georgia's I guess, number one competitor for Stewart if it came down to that? Yeah, I think it's probably wait and see what's happening at Florida, even though all of his friends that he was going to go play with at Florida are now kind of trending elsewhere as well. Julian Humphrey has already made that decision. Shamar James certainly looks like that he's an, another name to consider there as well. Uh, so you have uh, Texas, Texas A&M. Those would be the most likely schools that Georgia would be fighting with. Or, and I think we should counsel everybody to, to look at it this way. This is Georgia getting back into the thing with Evan Stewart. I don't think any real sort of attachment might happen until the young man takes a visit and gets on campus, especially around a guy like Julian Humphrey and others like that. Yeah, that's great stuff, Jeff. Thanks for sharing that. We're on the road, assisted by AAA with Jeff Sintel here today. And obviously, it's fun to talk UG recruiting, but there are other subjects that are at times more important in terms of how you take care of your family, even in the event of your uh, untimely passing, which is obviously a horrible thing to bring up. But let's face it, it's also a reality there as well, that if your family, your spouse, your children, if they depend on your income, then your job is to make sure that they'd be still well taken care of if your income went away. If you went away, that's where life insurance uh, comes in. And it's one of those things that's just kind of your role in life to make sure you're well taken care of on the life insurance front. And that's why I want you to think about AAA. They're more than just legendary roadside assistance. Uh, they're also able to simplify the life insurance process for you there as well. they got friendly folks who can help explain all that to you. You know, they're... Uh, uh, They've just very, very smart people that can help walk you through all of that. Uh, their insurance agents can explain all this to you about how you can make the best decision, how you can get the coverage for your family that you need, and how the entire process can actually be a lot easier, more convenient than you might realize. They can simplify it for you, so make sure you check them out. You can give them a call, 866-695-0222. That's 866-695-0222. Or check them out online, aaa.com slash live, aaa.com slash live. Or you can just stop in and see a AAA office today and get a lot more on that. All right, Jeff, a couple of quick things. We'll do this kind of rapid-fire style if you want before we let you go. When we spoke last, we were still a few minutes away from Julian Humphrey making an official choosing UGA. That's what happened last week. So have not had a chance to ask you about this yet. 
We know what kind of social media presence he is right now. He's become a very active recruiter for the Bulldogs. You even referenced that a moment ago. But as a player, what's Georgia getting in Julian Humphrey? He's a bigger corner, Brandon. He's about 6'1". He's about 185. Uh, if you look at the film, you see blazing speed. Uh, one of the things I was fascinated when I talked to one of his coaches uh, at Clear Lakes High School in, out in the Houston area in Texas, uh, He's one of those guys that loves the competition of it all. For example, uh, he's the guy that his ears really get perked up on free plays. You know what I'm talking about, Brandon, when the, uh, somebody jumps off sides and the, de- oh, yeah. and the defense is guilty and the offense can just chuck that thing because they know they got a free play with nothing involved. They, they, they tracked about five or six plays on free plays this year where, I mean, I mean Julian just takes things to the extreme. He wants to get a pick on that free play, or he wants to break the ball up on that free play, even though it doesn't go in the stat sheet, but he knows he's like taking something. He's like, you know that whole mentality, nobody gets anything free on our defense that every high school defensive coordinator rallies his troops with. Well, I mean, Julian goes crazy off that, man, getting the picks. I mean, they, they told me there are multiple picks this, he's gotten this year, countless PBUs on free plays, and I think that goes into the mindset of the player a lot. He's the one of those kids that's so fast that he loves seeing a kid 20 yards ahead of him on the field, across the field, so he can chase that guy down. Really serious speed, Brandon. His brothers, uh, which is crazy, he's the third fastest sibling in the Humphrey family right now because his older brothers, one of them went to Arizona, one of them signed with Oklahoma. They were three-star and two-star prospects. One of them just finished a graduate transfer year at Nevada recently, but all the guys in his, in his family are fast, and those guys have clocked like low four threes uh, in their career on the laser. So he's still going to drop his time a little bit. But his dad was one of the schoolboy legends as a Houston area running back. And the one thing, Brandon, is there's a connection through the family tree. The extended family also extends to Bobby Humphrey and Marlon Humphrey, the Pro Bowl cornerback right now for the Baltimore Ravens. The one thing when you flip on the film, you want to see a little bit more physicality out of Julian Humphrey, but uh, we know Kirby Smart, we know Jamil Ladai now. That that thing will get figured out in Athens, or he won't find himself on the field early at Georgia if he's not willing to come up and punish the ball carrier when they when they run that stretch play or they run that play out wide. Uh, that's one of the things you get in him, and he's a he's an active recruiter, Brandon. He doesn't have a million followers on social media like uh, Evan Stewart does, but he's a guy that's active on TikTok. Uh, he chose Georgia, and it seems like Georgia has really got galvanized and picked up a lot of recruiting momentum from it, not just with guys like Shamar Stewart, uh, but, you know, I guess you, you probably played the clip on your show. I don't know if the timelines allowed you to, but uh, when it was time for him to make his decision, he motioned off away from the stage and the podium and uh, pointed to the out in the crowd, and they brought in an, another live Bulldog ceremony, a live yeah. Bulldog in his commitment ceremony. I think – the first grand reveal where everybody knew that Julian Humphrey was coming was, I think it was his mother who, who looked off to the side and saw the bulldog coming and, and had the big all moment that, you know, it seems like a lot of folks, a lot of ladies do when they see a cute dog or a cute puppy enter, enter the scene. Um, so that was memorable. Uh, now's the chance for Julian Humphrey to make some, make some money moves on the recruiting trail for Georgia before he winds up in Athens. And Brendan, I think it's kind of fortuitous or just the way things go for Kirby Smart and the Bulldogs. Uh, that that Julian Humphrey has been committed to Florida for some time and didn't have an All-American game destination, but all of a sudden he flips to Georgia or commits to Georgia after a brief decommitment of about three weeks. 
and all of a sudden he finds himself playing with a lot of other Bulldogs in the All-American Bowl out in Texas. Here's a cool little stat, Brandon. There's 21 current commitments right now on Georgia's recruiting class, and as it stands right now, six of them were at one point committed to another school. I think that number is going to go up, and that's just the way Georgia football recruits. It's amazing what happens when you prioritize that stuff. All right, let's do this really quick because uh, I've kept you long and I know you got stuff to do. So let me just squeeze this in real quick before we see tonight on Peachtree TV. One of the guys that Humphreys also talked a lot about is the, is the former Florida commit as well, the linebacker Shamar James. How realistic is Georgia's involvement with James right now? And is this another big name we're going to be talking a lot more about as you head towards the conclusion of this 2022 cycle? Yeah, big name. Uh, I think he really grabbed my attention and grabbed my ear when he said he's really just now down to Florida and Alabama. He says he trusts Glenn Schumann for how he would develop him fully if that's where he wanted to go. Uh, I'd look for him to make at least two more visits before he makes a decision. He's still got an official visit in his back pocket to take to Georgia. Maybe he's one of those December, late, mid-December guys right before the early signing period. Also wouldn't be surprised to see him show up as an unofficial visitor on Saturday for Charleston Southern. Interesting. Uh, Shamar James, linebacker. He's got, he's got Jalen Walker. He's got the Jalen Walker recruiting right now. I think Jalen Walker is so, is so amazing with his powers of persuasion. I think he could get the Florida administration to bring back Dan Mullen for another year if that's what he really wanted to set his mind to. That's how good he is at his job. And now Georgia has Jalen Walker also working the case for Shamar James as well be very interesting to watch that one that is incredible stuff jeff thanks for all your updates very interesting nugget there at the end on james we'll see you tonight petrie tv top game in the state warner robbins going up to cartersville it doesn't get any better than that great atmosphere two great teams it's going to be a lot of fun also some big uh, names are that are of interest of georgia obviously also continuing their run there through the uh, state playoffs there as well so we'll cover all that for you tonight peachtree tv jeff will see you there for that and we'll look forward to talking to you here on the road assisted by triple a again very soon on dog nation daily as well hey brandon give me one plug this is the big tease folks i want you guys to check out dog nation in about an hour everybody everybody went crazy for what kirby said behind closed doors in jacksonville a few weeks ago i've got another kirby smart story coming on the website in about an hour or so where folks will go, yes, I know why these boys want to play so hard for that young man. It's involving a recruit and what happened in a moment of adversity. You guys are going to love to read about what Kirby told this young man on DogNation.com. Jeff, we'll check that out. Thanks so much for your time. I can't wait to read that story. Let's take a look around the rest of the league. This is SEC Through. So terrific stuff there from Jeff Sintel. And, of course, we'll see him tonight, Peachtree TV. See all of you there as well. Obviously, Warner Robbins and you know, Vic Burley, one of the top names of the class of 2023, going on the road up to Cartersville. They're going to have, I don't know, six, 7,000 people, I think, in the stadium. This is, this is what you want to see. Round two of the state playoffs. We're kind of down to that round of 16 here. And you got big games like this all across the state. None bigger than what we have for you tonight on TV. Can't wait to see you there for that. But we'll also keep our eyes on, you know, Gunnar Stockton against Jeff Davis. Good defensive team trying to slow down the Georgia quarterback commit. Uh, obviously, you know, across the board there, you know, we've seen, you know, number one teams go down in a scenario like this before. We'll be watching that really closely as we head towards that quarterfinal round of eight next weekend. So big high school football tonight. We'll broadcast 
uh, our friends at Warner Robins taking on our friends at uh, Cartersville. But we'll also follow the rest of the state action there as well. Let me also say this. We go cruise around the SEC courtesy of Royal Caribbean, that this is a time to make a great, great announcement. And our friends from Royal Caribbean are going to be a big part of this. Now, let me just say this, that we had as a goal at the beginning of this year to make this the biggest year in the history of Dog Nation for a lot of reasons, knowing that Georgia was probably in line for special season, but also knowing that we come off of 2020, in which things were just kind of weird, right? We were not able to do some of the things that we had done a lot in the past, and so we wanted to do some of those here this year. But there was also, I think, a push to do things we'd never done before, to make it bigger and better than ever maybe even imaginable. And we really challenged ourselves around here with Dog Nation to find a way to do that because one of the things that we've always believed here is is that dog nation's not supposed to be two-dimensional it's not supposed to be something that you read on a screen we want it to be something that you can interact with shows like this give you a chance to do that meet the people who are publishing the content in my case you know all i really do are shows but to get a chance to to feel like you know me there as well we interact with comments we have meet and greet opportunities we you know, we try to be as accessible as we possibly can. I love seeing a lot of you on game days, whether it's Knoxville last week or in Athens tomorrow, wherever else. We just want to to be three-dimensional. We want you to feel like you know us. We want to feel like we know you. We want to really kind of make Dog Nation interactive that way. It also means pushing ourselves to do really fun things and to create opportunities for you to be a part of fun things with us. And so that's what we're going to do. Announcing this for 2022, a very special first-time event, we're going to do a Dog Nation cruise with our friends from Royal Caribbean. This is going to be an incredible celebration of what's already been a great year for Georgia football, and we think it's going to finish on an even better note than this. When it's all said and done, I know I'm going to need a vacation. I think many of you are going to probably feel like you need one there as well. So you can join us on the Dog Nation team as we set stale coming up in April. It's the week of April 26th that we're going to be uh, there and uh, doing all of that. So uh, that's going to be fun. You see the dates there on your screen, April 25th and 29th. That's when the um, that's when it's all going to go down, and we're going to be sailing with our friends at Royal Caribbean on Independence of the Seas. What a beautiful ship this is! Unbelievably uh, a wonderful ship, and the ports of call, the itinerary is going to be great as well. Coco K, you've heard us talk about Perfect Day Coco K before. Uh, we're going to be at Perfect Day Coco K. All the things you've heard me saying before, you'll get a chance to experience that. Also, spending a day there at uh, NASA as well. We'll have some special Dog Nation themed events. That's the week of the NFL draft. So, we're going to have, I think, a draft party there on that Thursday night as a bunch of dogs get their name called potentially in the first round. We're going to celebrate that. I can't say this and commit to this as of yet. There could also be a special guest or two involved in all of this. But the most special guest of all is going to be you when you join us for the Dog Nation Cruise, April 25th to 29th. Tickets are going to go on sale for this on November 29th. So we're telling you about this now so you can get ready to make your plans. November 29th is when you can start booking this and being a part of the special Dog Nation Cruise with us. It's all done in partnership with our friends at Royal Caribbean. And also, you've heard, heard me talk about the Cruise and Vacation Authority before. That's David and Howard and the great work they're doing. Of course, they're UGA grads. They love UGA fans. And they've worked very, very hard to put all of this together so we can all go on a gigantic cruise together, Independence of the Seas, in April for a uh, very special Dog Nation cruise. Let me do this. Uh, Join us for the Dog Nation cruise, of course. Let's go ahead and give some folks some information for the Cruise and Vacation Authority because when it's time to book, this is how you're going to do it. It's tcava.com. That's the website. tcava.com. 
AVA.com or uh, 770-952-8300. That number, once again, 770-952-8300. November 29th is when it starts being able to be booked. So the Dog Nation crews, I'm going to be there. Jeff Sintel's going to be there. Mike Griffith's going to be there. The Dog Nation team coming together, maybe some special guests there as well. But we want you to be there too. It's going to happen November 29th. That's when the booking begins for a cruise setting sail in April. Can't wait for that. Dog Nation Cruise here as we turn the calendar to 2022. This is going to be incredible. So very quickly, let me kind of give you some content here as we're cruising around the SEC, courtesy of Royal Caribbean. Told you before, handful of games I'm very much interested in as we roll through uh, the weekend here. Talked about Ohio State, Michigan State off the top. Very similar point spread for, for Alabama hosting Arkansas on Saturday. There's an obvious comparison here for Georgia with Alabama in that when Georgia hosted Arkansas a few weeks ago, completely blasted them in its own stadium 137 nothing could have won 100 and nothing if it wanted to I mean Georgia just had that kind of day uh for Alabama they've had a hard time controlling games to that regard uh go back to the LSU game a couple of weeks ago they were probably in their own stadium lucky to even win that game so does Alabama look like Alabama against Arkansas tomorrow late in the season with the SEC title game looming by the way Alabama's still playing for the right to even be in that game can Alabama look the part against Arkansas, much the way that Georgia did not too long ago. Uh, I think that's an interesting comparison. Connor Connor Raleigh also brought up something last night on Cover 4 Live, which I think is also interesting, too, that right now, technically speaking, Georgia only has one win against a team ranked in the college football playoff top 25. That currently is Arkansas. Depending on how Arkansas plays on Saturday, it could be in line to move up in the rankings. Last week, Arkansas did. Or if Alabama completely blasts them, could be in line to not be knocked out of the playoff rankings. So pay attention to that. But there's also a chance... I mean, Arkansas has got three losses. They are ranked. Another team that Georgia's beaten with three losses is Clemson. Clemson's actually favored against Wake Forest on Saturday. You almost wonder, a Clemson win against Wake, just given the fact that Wake's a top-10 team, does that actually move Clemson back in the college football playoff top 25? And maybe from a resume standpoint, Georgia could double its number of playoff top 25 wins if Clemson reenters. Ultimately, it's not really a ding against UGA. UGA's handled its business so effectively. But it's the kind of thing you will hear people bringing up. So we'll see how many playoff top 25 wins Georgia ultimately finishes with. Cincinnati gets a chance to play SMU. SMU, with apologies to Houston, is probably the best non-Cincinnati team in the American Athletic Conference. And I think you know the story for the Bearcats by now. They keep on keeping on. They remain undefeated. But they've also failed to cover in each of their last four games. So this is a team that's kind of looking to try to find some week-to-week play dominance to match the big marquee win they have at Notre Dame and boy we'll just see if that uh, happens uh, against a pretty good SMU team I'm of the belief that eventually they're going to be leapfrogged by you know Michigan or Michigan State or whatever else I don't believe that Cincinnati is going to be a playoff team I think Cincinnati right now is giving the committee permission to exclude it based on the way that it's playing against conference foes but maybe more impressive against an SMU team that could still finish, you know, what, 11 and 1? I think they still have a chance to finish. That that could be a little bit of a signal that uh, they want to be taken more seriously. The two games of SEC note for me as well, you know, it's Florida going on the road to Missouri. They're about an eight-and-a-half-point favorite. Uh, Auburn going on the road to South Carolina. They're a little bit more than a touchdown favorite there. For these two teams, they're kind of reeling right now. Auburn, that's quarterback Bo Nix. You know, can they turn to T.J. Finley? It's a battle of these first-year SEC coaches between Harson and, and Beamer. I think that's a pretty fun game. And obviously, we know the situation for Florida. I don't know how they're favored by that much really against anybody right now on the road. 
Uh, last road game for Florida was a disaster at South Carolina. Missouri's actually played a little better as of late, including beating those aforementioned Gamecocks last week. So, so we shall we shall see about all of that. And uh, yeah, I guess also pretty pretty interesting here. Oregon on the road at Utah is kind of an interesting game, in that. You know, Oregon's actually an underdog in Salt Lake. Rice-Eccles Stadium has historically been a pretty tough place to play. Uh, Utah obviously also ended Oregon's championship hopes, playoff hopes back in 2019. I think that Oregon's probably going to pass this test on Saturday, but I think it's also one of those things that if Oregon becomes the other playoff team here, and if they keep winning, they will be, that's the kind of game that Georgia, I would assume, is just salivating for the chance to play. One of the things you'll see, maybe you haven't really watched Oregon much since the Ohio State game, but if you do tune in to watch it against Utah on Saturday, here's the thing you're going to see. This Oregon team's not very good offensively, at least when it comes to throwing the ball. Anthony Brown's quarterback, uh, recent transfer into the program from Boston College, I think, if I'm remembering that from a couple of years ago. But either way, Oregon's not very good throwing the football. They're good defensively. Uh, obviously, uh, Kayvon Thibodeau is as good as it gets, but they're not a great offense team, and in particular when it comes to throwing the football there as well. I mean, I think that I think that Oregon would be as easy a playoff matchup as you could possibly have for Georgia. In fact, maybe even easier than Cincinnati would be. So watch Oregon on Saturday against Utah. That could be a little bit of an interesting preview of what might happen there for the postseason and all that. We'll make that cruising around the SEC, courtesy of our friends at Royal Caribbean. Also, a couple cool things to tell you about here before we say goodbye. Obviously, the world champion Atlanta Braves, they've got a big announcement here. 2022 tickets for all Braves games go on sale today at noon. I'm talking about big matchups next season. Uh, American League teams coming to town. Astros rematch, uh, obviously, the World Series. Red Sox, the uh, Angels there as well. Get a chance to see uh, Mike Trout and a very talented team. Shohei Otani, of course, uh, when the Angels come to town. Also, all those great National League matchups you've come to love and expect. Dodgers, Giants, and everything that goes along with that. Uh, also, a really fun promotional calendar of special dates for a chance to get some of those cool collectibles. How about uh, Glavin, Maddox, and uh, Smoltz when it comes to the bobbleheads? Another Ronald Acuna Jr. offering a bat flip version from Acuna this year. Uh, a cool Ozzy Albies giveaway there as well. And more of that to come later on. But tickets for the 2022 season go on sale today. So obviously Braves.com slash tickets for more on that braves.com slash tickets there let me also give away a few golden shoes here for a moment on friday we'd like to do a little bit of a golden shoes dump we can kind of collect some of these that have kind of uh, matriculated through the through the week so we'll give away a few of these here right now uh including our first one here how about a golden shoe winner going out to our buddy russell jafaris who's worked as hard as anybody to keep the hashtag jd to nyc alive russell we appreciate that he also retreats uh retreats tweets regina roberts who gives you the cool meme of kirby son holding up the sign with jordan pointing and says it's okay to vote for a defensive player for the heisman when he's the most dominant player in college football so thanks to regina and russell for keeping the jordan davis campaign going hashtag jd to nyc we'll give a golden shoe out for that also our buddy donnie pinton who kind of checks in with a uh, very funny version of dan mullen when someone mentions recruiting during the season mullen says we don't do that here. Obviously, uh, having some fun there with that. Good stuff with uh, Donnie Penton. Donnie will make you a golden shoe winner there as well. And then our last one, let me explain this here for a moment. Brian Kephart sends this to me. I love this like crazy because Brian, a longtime commenter of ours during YouTube, also K9 Blues, Enrique Murillo. 
These are like well-known, well-established veterans in our YouTube comment section. And I guess they got together in Knoxville last week to watch the dogs as they say smother those vols. I love the line here. They say mustard's the choice because uh, they can't catch up. So uh, that's really good for Brian Kephart. Glad to see him, K9 Blues, Enrique Murillo, folks from our YouTube comment section getting together to watch the game. And it's always great to see dog fans having such a good time on all of that. By the way, speaking of having a good time, you can also have a good time yourself here this weekend with the Finnish Long Drink. And one of the cool things with the Finnish Long Drink is you've heard me talk about the different varieties. There's the traditional that comes in the blue can with the grapefruit flavor. There's the cranberry which uh obviously speaks for itself has the cranberry flavor long drink zero long drink strong well you're maybe saying which of those long drink varieties do i want to try the good news is you no longer have to choose they've got the eight can variety pack available now where you get two of each of the four varieties this is a great way to experience the finished long drink for the first time it came to the united states in the 1950s uh i should say came started in the 1950s in finland it's been in the united states for the last couple of years now it's available all across georgia wherever you are so try yourself some finnish long drink uh you can check it out online thelongdrink.com there's a place to put in your zip code and when you put in your zip code you can just find wherever it is near you and you can enjoy some today as i said before you can pick out that eight can variety pack and try all four of the flavors we've had so many folks tell us how much they love the finished long drink we think you're going to love it too so make sure you try that today uh it's a great thing to take with you into the weekend always a lot of fun with our friends at the uh finished long drink i know i've got some in my refrigerator right now it's very very popular around my household it'll be popular there for you too so good stuff with the finished long drink try some today all right so as we get ready to wrap up here hope you're enjoying the start to your weekend thanks for making dog nation daily presented by kroger on a friday a part of that we will see you in athens tomorrow final kroger kickoff from athens tomorrow before the dog walk there at the tate parking lot we'll be looking forward to doing that with you uh we'll be after the game for our final time this season the uga bookstore and it's always cool when the calendar turns to november folks there at the bookstore kind of get ready for that holiday type thing and you see a lot of folks they're not just shopping for themselves anymore when it comes to uga apparel but they are uh, shopping for all the special family and friends they have that want some good-looking UGA gear, so a great chance to get that tomorrow at the UGA bookstore there as well. And I'll look forward to talking about the dogs with you on our Dog Nation postgame show from the UGA bookstore uh, tomorrow after the game. That'll be a good time. How about those lousy, stinking gators? How about a gator-hater countdown 344 days from now, going back to Jacksonville, get another win there. And as Kirby Smart reminds you, we're going to keep the intensity up. Good idea from Kirby Smart. We'll see you Monday, everybody. And on the podcast, I'm going to have the R.S. Andrews podcast cool down. We'll be quick with your comments today, and we appreciate you uh, being here for it. And hope I can see you for the Dog Nation cruise. We talked about before that week of April 25th, leaving out of Port Canaveral, going to Perfect Day Coco Cay, going to Nassau on Independence of the Seas. What a, a unbelievable event that's going to be. Tickets on sale for that. Uh, you know, vacations go on sale there for that November 29th. Hope to be able to see you there for that. Big thanks to R.S. Andrews making the R.S. Andrews podcast cool down possible. By the way, our buddy Darry Payro from R.S. Andrews is also going to be with us for the uh, Dog Nation cruise too, I understand. So that's going to be really cool. Uh, our buddy Wade in uh, 43 writes in on Twitter about what time the pregame ceremony is going to start for the for the seniors and stuff like that tomorrow generally speaking if you can be in the stadium you know what let's conservatively say about 45 minutes before the start of the game you should be in pretty good shape to be able to see that the ovations for all those guys i am glad that georgia fans want to do that and one thing i always say is and obviously we highlight a couple of those guys you know when it comes to 
you know, Devontae Wyatt and Jordan Davis today. But when you think about other seniors who, you know, they have a chance to go other places. They have, a, I mean, we're in a day and age where I think the transfer portal is wreaking havoc on the sport. I've told you before, I'm not, you know, the world's biggest fan of how the transfer portal is currently used. I think it creates a, you know, a kind of a wild scenario. And listen, I understand players want to play. I get that. I don't fault every player for, for making use of the portal, but I do believe the, the proliferation of the portal just kind of makes for a chaotic scene around the sport yeah for a lot of georgia players they've said we don't want to buy into that we're not going to buy into the notion the grass is greener somewhere else we're going to stick around uga because we're having a good time developing as players and men right here we're going to contribute to something in georgia and we're going to trust that if we wait our turn if we do what needs to be done then we're going to emerge as guys who have a chance to contribute on a team here in 2021 that can win a national championship and that's really something special and a lot of those georgia players who have bought into that that would be commended for that so my obviously wishes and i think all of you feel the same way that the guys that get to go of age tomorrow not just those small handful of household names we talk about all the time but the entire gamut of guys who, who who've really stuck around think about your speed think about all the names you can mention there uh, of guys who who've been here and, and and really been a contributor to what kirby smarts described over and over as uh, you know a very positive vibe a very we had the audio the other day of Kirk Kerbstreet saying it's elite intangibles that he's been led to believe about UGA. Well, it takes more than one or two players to create that. It takes an entire roster of scholarship players to get there. And a lot of those seniors who maybe haven't had as many highlight moments, but they're also guys through their team first attitude that contribute to all of that. So I hope that tomorrow they'll get your ovation there as well. I hope I get a chance to see if you're going to be there. Tate parking lot for the Kroger kickoff before the game uj bookstore for the dog nation post game show after the game i always just kind of bump into some of you there in the you know the concourse of the stadium or in the aisles there inside the uh inside the stands or really wherever uh my last chance to see some of you in athens here for this year so hopefully i'll get a chance to do that i also see tonight petrie tv up there in cartersville gonna be cold tonight i got my sweater on today to hopefully block off some of that cold so we'll see you up there tonight for a great game between cartersville and warner robbins just a very busy time there's a lot going on but i'm loving all of it and i just am so grateful i get a chance to speak to you each and every day here there as well so enjoy the weekend enjoy the game back here monday dog nation daily presented by kroger we'll look forward to talking to you then